BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Write that. Write that down. Write that down. Hello from Burbank, California. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Write That Down, Fight Game Media Network. I am Justin Nipper. I'm the editor at FightGameMedia.com. I write over at F4W Online and WrestlingObserver.com. I also work for Pro Wrestling Noah and Cyber Fight. And I'm back with Japan's leading pro wrestling author, historian, doing the spiel. But it's all true, and it's all very important. Sociologist, broadcast journalist, Mr. Fumi Saito. That's right. Okay, this week's show is a two-for-one. And it had to be a two-for-one, because on this week's show, we talked about both the careers of Tegarjit Singh and Abdul the Butcher. Okay, these two icons. They're both icons of Japanese pro wrestling. They're both a major part of the early 80s, All Japan, New Japan, Promotional Wars. Hey, have you subscribed to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed on your Apple Music or your Spotify or Downcast, wherever you're listening? Hit the subscribe button. All right, let's talk about Abdul the Butcher and Tiger Jeet Singh. These two gentlemen, Abby Abdullah the Butcher and Tiger G. Singh, had to be discussed together because all Japan, all Giant Papa's all Japan, Antonio Inoki's New Japan, and this two major league of professional wrestling, and Abdullah the Butcher, Tiger G. Singh, Tiger G. Singh, Abdullah the Butcher, they actually worked both both places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's start. Let's get started. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots to talk about with these two. I mean, you know what I just realized as well is um, both of them are Canadian. Yeah, actually, right, right. Uh, that's it's funny. Um, you had two Canadian 
Japanese pro wrestling legends. Yeah, but uh, in the prime time, Abdullah the Butcher was built. That he's built from Sudan. That's right. So yeah, I I don't know. I, I think Taika Jit Singh had this from as well. India. Yeah, they had this kind of uh, m uh, mysterious origin story that they told in the comics, right? Yeah, yeah. They were wrestling superstar heel, though, of course. Mm -hmm. And they were in Japanese movies, television, and they were in comic book stories. Comic book, the kids' manga they mm. they, they read. And uh, yeah, that the manga is always fiction. So of course, Abdul the Butcher, they gave pretty good um, biological, you know, that the pretty good story. But at the same time, they dealt with the story how they became Sudan. You know, he's from Sudan, mm -hmm. and then, how they and, became and the, the character. That they... Right, and the, the Sheik, the episode was the original Sheik. You know, so everybody knew that Abdul the Butcher was pro Roger of the original Sheik, too. Mm -hmm. And later on, Tiger Jit Singh, yeah, always built from India, Punjabi, you know, mm -hmm. India. And But the, he was coached by Fred Atkins. Mm -hmm. Fred Atkins was Ricky Dozen's rival and also Giant Baba's road manager. So there's a connection. Huh? Yeah, there's a connection yeah, in all Japan yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, so it, always in J Japan that uh, Fred Atkins, you know, he trained three superstars. He he actually trained a lot more, but the, he the, the Fred Atkins trained Jan Baba, Taiga Jit Singh, and Adrian Adonis. Interesting, all, huh? All very very different types of wrestlers too. Yeah, because again, different. there was no such thing as wrestling school. That mm. you need to have the existing connection or recommendation of existing wrestlers, or you have to know somebody, or you got to be relative of wrestler or wrestling family or promoter or somebody close. And Adrian had to beg Fred Atkins to coach him. And uh, he told Adrian that if you lose 20 pounds, I'll train you. <laughs> hmm. you know? Yeah, interesting, huh? turned out to be uh much uh it doesn't get the credit he deserves adrian adonis he came it turned out to be really really nasty heel but also quite a good pro wrestler in the ring oh he was a real big star in japan yeah and he could work yeah he could really keep up with all the stars of the day yeah and he was really creative and he was selling like today's Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> you know? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was really charming and also pretty creative. That uh, tag team uh, between Cowboy Bob Orton and Adrian Adonis and that uh, you were flying clothesline off the top rope or Bulldog off the top rope with backbreak, you know, backbreaker together or somebody's holding... Uh, you know, your opponent was a pendulum backbreaker. Then you come down with elbow drop or something. That it was really innovative in, in early '80s. And Ricky Choshu and his guys copied, you know, his move. Interesting, huh? Yeah. But today, we are. This is actually, you know, a very important topic. We are dealing with Abdur the Butcher and Taiga Jit Singh, two of the biggest gaijin. Uh, foreign international superstar in Japanese wrestling. Yeah. But today's probably like a, our podcast listeners out there, the younger generations, Abdul the Butcher, Taiga Jit Singh, uh, don't seem 
I mean, to, to be that huge superstar, I mean, as much as they shouldn't be known, and uh, it's kind of almost overlooked by today's audience, don't you think? Mm, yeah, and I think that's partly because the majority of both of these guys' career, the prime was in Japan. They spent in Japan. Just like Stan Hansen. Um... Right. It was before Stan Hansen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Actually, Stan Hansen's career in Japan was modeled after Abdul the Butcher and Tiger Jeet Singh, basically. Mm. The American wrestler who come over and pretty much have full-time schedule in Japan. And you know, yeah. More, more or less was uh, exclusive to a Japanese company. Company, yeah. Um, just like Stan, you know, after Stan signed with New Japan first, then signed with All Japan for 20 years, he basically gave up all the American schedules back home, right? Mm -hmm. Stan was um, uh, making seven or eight trips to Japan every year. Almost might as well live there, right? Right. And uh, seven, eight trips a year, and then spend three anywhere from three, four weeks to six, seven weeks at a time. So you go home for a couple of weeks and you just rest up. You don't work home, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's what Abdul the Butcher and Tiger Jeet Singh basically did. That uh, uh, Abdul the Butcher's very first trip was 1970, 1970, when JWA that the Nippon Pro Wrestling, when Jan Baba and Antonio Inoki were still together, okay? Old company, the first trip, and he was instant star. Then 1972, uh, at the uh, beginning of 1973, old Nippon Pro Wrestling, JW, JW went down, okay? Went out of business. And Jan Baba picked up Abdul the Butcher very next week, that the 73, um, Abdur the Butcher became pretty much exclusive with All Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. And they absorbed... Same nine, they, yeah? All Japan absorbed a lot of uh, the rest of those JWA wrestlers, right? Yeah, he, yeah they had to. Yeah, um, It was not a Jan Baba's choice, but the TV, uh, uh, NTV, Nippon TV Channel 4, pretty much made a deal that you have to take these guys. Mm. You know? Because they went out of business, then Baba, you know, it's like this like, felt that uh, it's just defeating the entire purpose of you know going independent from them. Mm. Yeah, but uh, basically took all you know, like almost like leftover guys, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, he did that. But uh, they put him in undercard, you know. So some of these people left right after mm. that. Yeah, but uh, American wrestlers who who were working for J, you know Nippon Pro Wrestling JWA at the time, like Abdul the Butcher, the Dick Fire Destroyer, the Gene Kaniski, Bobo Brazil, Wilbur Snyder, or Freddie Blassie, Bruno San Martino, the Funks, all these guys started working for All Japan. Hmm. What's uh, uh, what's important is though that uh, you still need regular American. Sure. Yeah, Japanese wrestling in, in this, you know, the, the whole schedule, running what the, anywhere from 150 shows or 200 to 200 shows a year, having these like a giant series or superpower series or champion carnival, the summer action series that they named this tour, uh, name tour, name it, right? Mm. But they have this four week schedule, couple weeks off, then another four week tour, then a couple weeks off. And 
you have three weeks off and you have a six week tour or something like that and you have like a seven eight tours a year every year and you rotate American wrestlers. So in every summer you have male maskers, you know, in spring champion carnival that you see when they had people like Bruno San Martino, that uh, such a big, huge superstar, the, the Sheik, they only come in like one week. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. Male maskers, he only comes in every summer, like a summer, summer, like a, you know, like a summer vacation guy, right? Like an attraction, yeah. It's it's kind yeah, of like, like a recent kids years are... when New Japan does the yearly like Fantastica Mania with CMLL. It's just kind of yeah, like every spring, yeah, seasonal tradition. Yeah, right. And this is the summer action series in the part one, always male maskers. Summer action series part two, like end of August, the Funks, Dory Funk Jr. and Terry Funk. You would need a heel. See, John Baba and Japanese crew, pretty much the basic baby face. You will need full-time American heel mm. that work. And not saying that, that the, not anybody, but Abdur the Butcher was the you know the perfect one to be working in Japan the, the, whole, the whole year. Mm. I, I felt that as a kid, I felt like, you know, as Abdullah the Butcher this and Abdullah the Butcher that just about every week. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas 1973, uh, the new, see, Anthony Inoki opens 1972, working against people like Carl Gotch and the, the people who Carl Gotch sent, you know. But the 74, 73 on, it was always Taiga Jeet Singh. Yeah. Mm. He, uh, it was an interesting way to debut, much like your, you know, who was, who would be the wrestler who would be sitting in the, in the stand and run in and make debut? Like King, you know, King Kong Bundy or Brody, ah. Brody was the same way, mm. you know, sitting in the stand in a, like a front seat with suit and tie. You know, but the, you had the Tiger G Singh was obviously a wrestler because you had the, this, you know, Indian tar band in your head, big guy sitting in, right in front. Obviously, with educated eyes, this guy's gonna run in, right? Mm. But the, that's how Tiger G Singh debuted with New Japan Pro Wrestling Spring of 1973. That on um, all the way till like probably like oh okay until 81 then because we have to get to it. Yeah. Abdur the Butcher was like really the full-time he in schedule heel with all Japan. Again, had a, had a program against Giant Baba. Abdur the Butcher had a program against Dick Baya Destroyer. That uh, he had a program against Jumbo Tsurura. Uh, he had a program against the, uh, that the short-time babyface Hardy Race. That he had a program against Kintaro Oki. That the, actually. All these feud, you know, that the bloody matches, program matches, revolved around Abdul the Butcher, more so than Jan Baba. But Abdul the Butcher beat Destroyer for the U.S. heavyweight title. Abdul the Butcher beat Jumbo Tsura for U.N. title. Mm -hmm. um, Abdul the Butcher beat Jan Baba for the fourth year of Champion Carnival Tournament. It pretty much won everything. Um, all the titles, has, uh, and also he beat Billy Robinson for PWF heavyweight title, too. So oh, every every title but international heavyweight title, Abdul the Butcher held it uh, with all Japan one time or another. Isn't that interesting? All the program revolved around Abdul the Butcher, the heel, he the biggest the guy. heel. 
He was the uh, kind of anchor point for all Japan. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, because Giant Baba always had a PWF title, but uh, his challenger, like a more, I, I don't want to say more dignified, but uh, like a, say, Dory Funk or uh, Welber Snyder or Bobo Brazil, aged Bobo Brazil, the, you know, or sometimes Bruno San Martino, the, like a superstar type you know, make an appearance for one week, you know, like a special appearance and have this important single match against Giant Baba. But but the Abby will still be there every tour at the headline, mm. pretty much full time. Mm. Yeah. That's exactly what Tiger Jit Singh did with New Japan's against Inoki. And it felt like I was watching Tiger Jit Singh as a kid, though. I felt like I was watching Tiger Jit Singh all year long. You know, hmm. how, yeah, how many times can you do single match between Inoki and Tiger Jeet Singh? But they did, they did. <laughs> they <laughs> you know did quite a few. It was, it was um, a good number of the late 70s New Japan main events would often. Be yeah, yeah. Sometimes NWF title match uh, program. Uh, at one point, 74, 75, the Tiger Jeet Singh actually beat Inoki for NWF title, way back, way before IWGP, NWF title, National Wrestling Federation title. That was the single most important title until, you know, IWGP. And sometimes it was lumberjack match, you know, like all the wrestlers, you know, surrounded ringside. So, you know, nobody will walk out and uh, push Tiger Jason back into the ring when he tried to escape. <laughs> mm. Or sometimes Indian oil death match, you put oil on body and then and, and, uh, you get slippery and right. you know yeah yeah that uh this is a tag team version of it and tiger jitsu also had a tag, regular tag team partner umanosuke ueda the blonde haired tall japanese heel and uh yeah he's also a, a big star in his own right yeah right because he was a full-time heel Japanese here, very uh, not the first, but the the very first one to be such success. Yes, and also he was the last guy to leave JWA, so it's like a, the feud and the grudge was pretty realistic. You know what I'm saying? Mm. My company went out of business. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because of you, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, so Tiger Jeet Singh and Umanosuke Ueda was perfect matching. You know, and both big heel. You know. And the one has uh, this, what do you call this? Uh, the, the, what do you call it? The fencing sabel? Yeah, the... Uh, the sword uh, thing? Yes, the saber. Yeah, saber, right. And Umanosuke Ueda had a kendo stick. Mm. <laughs> Perfect, right? Pretty yeah. wild look. They, I mean, oh, God, yeah. And happy time, gown, happy yeah. kimono. And uh, now that you see a lot of blonde hair Japanese, but in the 70s, you just don't see a Japanese person with blonde hair. And yeah. this was definitely the template that Toru Yano used for himself. Oh, yeah, that the parody version of Umanosuke Ueda. Because yeah. mm. people were actually scared of Umanosuke Ueda. Mm. Yeah. And uh, Yano made a parody sort of out of it. The, the kind of body size and uh, the mannerism and the type, pretty similar. Yes, I can see that. But uh, today's Toru Yano. It's supposed to be funny guy, right? Now he is, yeah. 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 But uh, Umanosuke Ueda was a big heel, serious heel all the way. Mm. You know? So there was a tag team version of that. Inoki Sakaguchi against 
Tiger Jit Singh and Ueda, you know, uh, Sakaguchi strong Kobayashi against Tiger Jit Singh and Ueda. And when Ueda was not around, he had this more flunky, you know, partners, you know, the mighty Malamba or, you know, I mean, a little bit more flunkier, you know, or like a less of the partner, you know, mm-hmm. just like, just like Abdullah the Butcher had less of a partner too, you know, that she's, Abdullah the Butcher can't make a tag team with somebody, and the tag team with the Sheik was great, but only happens once a year or so. Mm-hmm. But the, during the regular tour, you have to have less of a partner, sort of somebody like a Prince Puling, or I mean, somebody who happened to be on that tour and never uh, equal to Abby's class, okay? Mm. But for the tag team situation, that guy loses, you know what I'm saying? Of course. And, protects uh Abby's yeah and then Abdul the butcher would be out of the ring walking around crowding people scared you know shitless to just i got chased by Abdul the butcher i guess such a great time <laughs> you right. know as a kid that was something that was special about well not special i mean like uh, uh innovative in that and we can't forget the sheik who did it as well but sheik abdul the butcher tiger jeet scene would often start their matches they just kind of Storm walk out into from the crowd, yeah, and and yeah. walk into the crowd and and sometimes attack the crowd, and uh, Tiger yeah. Jit Singh would well because swing Tiger Jit Singh and Abdullah the Butcher did so, the Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, other people did that ten years mm. later, yeah. So and um, but the Japanese audience are scared, but the, they don't really, you know, be like a, obnoxious about it, right? They get scared and run away, but they don't really chase wrestlers back either. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you could always see somebody uh, in the crowd trying to get uh, maybe just one or two touches on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Trying to then get the somebody, sweat. somebody like a young Onita comes in and chase you too. You know. Mm-hmm. Sabu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like a ring. Oh no, the, the ring guys. You know, like a young oh, boys. The, like oh, a, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, like a young oh, young, Onita, with, young Kawada at the uh, yeah, yeah, like Japan you know shirts, your tracks top and bottom, mm, yeah, yeah. warm ups, yeah, a lot of them. I mean, twenty of those guys, right? They sure. they all eventually became somebody, of course. But mm. uh, when you are you know undercurrent first match, second match guy, as soon as you finish your match, put a suit top and bottom and go out there and then second the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for some some matches uh, when. Either Abby or Tiger Jeet Singh were kind of acting psychotic. They would have those of seconds. Course. They would have those seconds come out and kind of restrain them and walk them to the <laughs> ring. Remember that they would kind of, uh, kind of, uh, of make course. sure that do he... not touch the audience. Please. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like he's out please of control. Please go straight to the ring, please. And yeah. it, it's great that we have YouTube and now. The craziest, you can watch craziest thing that the ring announcer was announcing at house shows: like, do not make eye, ta- eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But you know what? It makes me think of a point, you know, it's really common at a Japanese pro wrestling show, but uh, the call that the ring announcer makes when the action spills out into the floor to oh, say, okay, 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 mm, right? to yeah, take care, be careful, be careful, be careful. Be careful. Yeah. yeah. Do not touch wrestlers. Please be careful. Yeah. It's kind of like the ins- insurance Oh, they did call. that with oh, FMW Onita or Big Japan. Or, yeah, we still do that to this day. right? Yeah. Please be careful. Please be careful. Yeah. But it adds a lot that's, of tension to the to the. I what's think going so, on. and then also that's like a natural uh, way to um, uh, suspend your disbelief. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So Taiga Jitsim all year long. Abdullah the Butcher, pretty much all year long. Taiga Jitsing, Taiga Jitsing, Channel 10. Now it's Channel 5, but Channel 10, TV Asahi, Friday night, 8 o'clock. Inoki, Taiga Jitsing, and somebody. Pretty much all year long. And Saturday night, Channel 4, NTV, All Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, primetime show, Giant Baba, and some superstar, Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> and probably Jumbo. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like a, it's a program. They... Uh, it was not like they were there all year, but it seems like it because sure. they were making seven, eight trips a year when the, uh, when uh, when other, you know, big superstars were not there, that the Taiga Jitsin is always on New Japan tour. Abdur the Butch is always, always on New uh, Old Japan tour. And when Taiga Jitsin wasn't there, Andre, Andre the Giant was there mm-hmm. for New Japan. Yeah. Uh, 1974 on, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling and Vince McMahon Senior, WWWF, and they had a partnership. So 74 on until 86 or so, you know, Vince, Vince and Kennedy McMahon's take, you know, taking over the deal and then they, they cut the tie with New Japan uh, as of like late 85, 86, or something like that. But the, under the giant was making like a, anywhere from 12 to 15 weeks a year, every year, 12 weeks, Meaning, like you are actually spending good three months out of the year in Japan. Mm. Fifteen weeks—that's almost like you're there like a four months out of the mm-hmm. year. And you go like up and down four... the country. Yeah, yeah, and either it's Andre tour or Tiger Jit Singh tour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And by the way, Andre, 70s Andre the Giant worked as a heel. I mean, anywhere else in the whole world, Andre the Giant, big baby face, right? Mm. Until he challenged Hulk Hogan for WrestleMania three, you know that uh, he was universally loved, battle royal, you know, big baby face coming to town once a year kind of thing. Mm. But the one when he wasn't making, you know, these all the territory stops like a WWE, you know, Vincent James McMahon ambassador, that the, he was in Japan actually, yeah, and working heel. Interesting, huh? Mm. Pretty much, uh, let's see, uh, that either Andre or Taiga Jit Singh, but more Taiga Jit Singh because he's like you know, your perfect opponent for Antonio Inoki. Same size, pretty much same height, you know, 
and uh, actually they complemented each other. It, Inoki, the biggest baby face, right? So mm. you will be the biggest heel. Mm. Whereas, of course, uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Giant Barber, biggest baby face. Of course, then Abdul the Butcher will be the biggest, biggest heel. And what was different from JWA and Nippon Pro Wrestling? Everybody knew that uh, with All J- uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Antonio Inoki, the biggest superstar, and also the promoter and producer. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the boss. And with All Japan Pro Wrestling, Jan Baba, the top uh, superstar and, and, and the owner of the company, promoter and producer and everything else. That uh, So people were watching it's Baba show or Inoki show, huh? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so it's like two two different, uh, two network channels, two nights uh, a, a week, every week on prime time. You are, you know, if you're wrestling fans, you'll be watching two major leagues of professional wrestling, two different things. They never mingled. Mm. But over the years, yeah, yeah, that, which I'll get one to you that. were, well, regardless of what you were watching, depending on the year, you'd always end up seeing either Abdul the Butcher or Tiger Jeet Singh. Japan, <laughs> My childhood, Japan. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I said, uh, how many times can I, you know, could I watch Antonio Inoki against Tiger Jeet Singh single match, right? But they mm. did that every, every tour. But in hindsight, if you grew up in 1980s or something, you know, if you lived in Florida or North Carolina or Virginia or somewhere around there in the Crockett land, you probably watched just in just as many Ric Flair, Dusty Rose match. Sure. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you learn, I learned later on, like if you lived in Detroit for 30 year period, the Sheik against Bobo Brazil, you know, Bobo Brazil happened like a hundred times. Mm. <laughs> you, know you know what's amazing? Those sold out. They sold out for years and years every week. Same well, match. Tiger Jeet Singh and against Antonio Inoki always sold out too, all mm. the big arenas. And how many years Jan Baba against Abdul the Butcher lasted, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I pretty much learned that, you know, it's a, it's a, now it's something we can learn from wrestling always have this certain format for your this is your regular main event mm. that people love yeah well if you uh, much much younger audience uh, listen to this, this podcast out there you know if you grew up around 2005 2006 2007 how many times did they have john cena against randy orton oh my gosh that was uh, <laughs> you know years. what i'm saying yeah i mean it seemed like it was every other so it's for there's a f- format well rock against stone cold steve austin not just three WrestleMania, but the house shows after house shows, or even Monday Night Raw, you know, not just, you know, the single match, but the storyline altogether. You know, they worked with each other for years. Hmm. Yeah. So wrestling have a certain format that that, that it's like a, people are so comfortable with, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was one channel. Friday night, Ozinoki against Taika Jit Singh, and Saturday night, Baba against uh, Abdul the Butcher. Mm-hmm. And what was funny about 70s TV show, they were showing blood on live television, color. <laughs> you know? yeah, uh, quite, especially in all Japan, I, I, think, I think. Oh, Abdul the Butcher, yeah. Abdul the Butcher and, and blood on himself, on his opponents, the fork. 
Yeah, yeah. On regular television, network、mm-hmm. television. Yeah, on prime time. So that the, I think TV regulation must have been different, huh? Very. I, I mean, I guess it was. They the can't do that now.、Huh? Yeah. 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 No way. I mean, some of the stuff is even today is quite graphic.、Uh, mm-hmm. You've seen all, the matches, or you've seen the pictures of Destroyer with his white mask all bloodied up. That's all turned red. Yeah,、mm-hmm. and and Abdul the Butcher poking Terry Funk's arm with the stick. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah, bleeding not from the forehead alone, but the the, the bleeding from your arm. You、mm. know. Yeah, and the way the hang、Funk. upside,、uh, yeah, and hanging upside down from the top rope. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you know, and then、uh, then people go, no, they're gonna kill Terry. Oh no, you know,、It's, exactly. Yeah, the way yeah. Terry Funk sold it was the perfect compliment to to these guys because especially <laughs> now we are all grown up. We can say Terry Funk sold so much, right?、Mm-hmm. But if you were seventh grade, then. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was screaming for the fans' help. He was just, sure. He looked like he was in so much agony. Yeah, he had to fire himself up. It was a perfect,、uh, basic good guy bad guy story. Of course, and that, in hindsight, that made Terry Funk even bigger babyface.、Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, Abdul Butcher against Fox. Abdul the Butcher against Baba. Abdul the Butcher against Jumbo.、Uh, I said Abdul the Butcher against Billy Robinson. Title change. Abdul the Butcher got that U.S. Heavyweight title from Destroyer, winning championship, you know, champion carnival. It's like, actually he won a lot too, with、mm. the elbow drop. Sure. Yeah. The not I don't want to say running elbow drop, the kind of light walking elbow drop from the and、corner. also like a float in the air with that big body. He did have a nice form, very yeah, distinct yeah. way of dropping the elbow. Pretty much Dusty Rose.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was、so、pretty much the only. Just, and also simple one finish finish. You know what I'm saying? One move finish. Very convincing. Yeah,、and、I mean he, that was the only wrestling he often did. Aside, oh, he did that, and he also had the karate background. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thrust. Yes,、yeah, thrust. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Then, so it was all through seventies, all through seventies, and n- spring of 1981, New Japan. Antonio Inoki stole Abdul the Butcher from All Japan Pro Wrestling.、Mm. He shows up at Kawasaki, and the, the storyline was he wants to relinquish his Caribbean title, therefore he can go into IWGP International Wrestling Grand Prix Tournament.、Mm. So you need a story, and I said, like, I walked out of all Japan and to join New Japan. It wasn't like that. He was there with suit and white jacket, with sunglasses on, pretty dignified, saying that I am challenging you, and Mr. Inoki. It's like,、mm. ooh, big deal, right?、Mm. Yeah. Then following month, July of 1981, Jan Baba decided to steal Tiger Jit Singh from New Japan.、Mm. So、and、this was the, the, the war. Sudden, the war was on. Yeah,、right? all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Abdul the Butcher on Channel Ten working New Japan, Taijit Singh on Channel Four working All Japan Pro Wrestling against Jan Baba. Whoa, something happened, right? It was Tiger Mask, you know, original Tiger Mask era.、Uh, the the first Ricky Choshu long hair, the first break、uh, that the.、Uh, Big break with Ricky Choshu against Fujinami on top. 
program and uh, Tiger Mask, of course. And uh, it was uh, New Japan was kind of winning at the time, you know. And then they did the Terry Funk retirement tour, you know. Mm. Uh, but that's another story for another day. But uh, all of a sudden, Abdul the Butcher appearing in Channel 10, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and teaming up with people like Bad News Allen. Bad news brown for you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, switch started. But actually, Antonio, the match against uh, Inoki, you know, they they did they teased single match and didn't the single match between Inoki and Abdullah Butch didn't really happen right away. They teased with tag team for a long time, mm. you know. But the Giant Baba had a single match against. Tiger G seen pretty much right away because they were, you know, willing to do double counter. How many times all Japan gave fans double counter or double DQ finish and was okay about it? For right? about uh, 10, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Or the name wrestler or superstar against superstar or the double title match or the, you know, some important, you know, like a matchup usually end up DQ, single DQ, or double DQ, or double count, you know, out, you know, counted, counted outside the ring kind of thing, and kind of people got used to it. You know what I'm saying? You know what though? I, when I think about it, with the with guys like Tiger Jeet Singh and Abdul the Butcher, with their personas, I imagine that the audience would kind of. <sighs> Not not expect that match to end in an EQ, but if you're supposed to suspend disbelief, then it's kind of like, oh well, it's it's crazy Abdul the Butcher, it's crazy Tiger Jeet Singh. Of course, it would end in a DQ, and uh, yeah, they yeah, they're okay feel about it. as yeah. you know uh, uh, unsatisfied. But you're right; it did be just become a trend. Uh, yeah, yeah, or, or meaning predictable. Yes, yes, meaning disappointment in mm. a way. Yeah. And I think in 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 personal way, uh, 1981-1982 version of Abdul the Butcher had a problem putting Inoki over on single match situation mm. just yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Baba had pinned Abdul the Butcher one two three situation more than once. You know, in important single matches or the match in Chicago or matches someplace else or the title switch, all these things that, uh, or the tournament final that uh, Baba did pin Abdul the Butcher, you know, more than once, one to three in the ring. And Abdul the Butcher really, uh, I think, had a special feeling about, you know, putting somebody over. And he wasn't going to put Inoki over clean right away. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He played the game a little bit, you know? Mm. And that had might have something to do with this, but uh, Inoki's style and Abdul the Butcher's style didn't really complement each other as much as they Abby did with Baba. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have very good matches. Yeah, yeah I, I think Inoki would shine more with people who wanted to really get into it inside the ring and, and demonstrate their grappling skills and their martial arts skills. Those yeah, Tiger GC was a crazy guy, yes. crazy guy. But he, the the, the storyline gimmick character was that he could wrestle if he wanted to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. In one tour, he only wrestled clean. Mm. And how good he was! Sure. He proved it. 
you know, kind of thing. And people, of course, it's a storyline, but the people didn't really think Abby could really grapple that much, huh? They, well, I mean, they didn't really see much of it, so I, I think they just assumed. Yeah, and then is... they take foreign object out, out of his boot, you know, or yeah, go outside the. Yeah, less about his technique, more about his behavior. People didn't know what to expect, which is why they wanted to watch him. Right, right. So not like with New Japan, uh, old Japan. See, like I said, with old Japan, every you know, Abdullah the Butcher had program against every single top guys, right? Like uh, Baba, Jumbo, Destroyer, Billy Robinson, everybody else, pretty much, all the way to somebody like Wahoo McDaniel, Doskaris, Mill Maskers. You know, they all had single program against Abdullah the Butcher. But the New Japan didn't really offer that you know role with New uh, with Abby. So he was like. Kind of almost like a handful, mouthful that uh, he was on it, pretty much every tour starting the summer of 81. But it's like, a, wow, they pretty much run, you know, run their course in two years or so. Then New Japan stopped using Abdul the Butcher. Isn't that interesting? You know, it really illustrates the difference in booking style between Baba and Inoki. Booking style, not not a wrestling style, but the, the booking the, style, yeah. More of a book booking style and and the storyline philosophy of it. Mm, in all Japan, you would go to see special attraction pro wrestling. You would see the best in the world. Yeah, at the same time, yeah, Tiger Jitsin and also Umanosuke Ueda, the blonde hair, big Japanese heel. He went with Tiger Jitsin. Like mm -hmm. a babysitter almost, that uh, Taiga G Singh and Umanosuke Ueda became international tag team champion with All Japan right away. Mm. They gave him that, you know. So they treated different way, you know. So by having Taiga G Singh and Umanosuke Ueda together again, coming from New Japan into All Japan world, that you had Taiga G Singh and Umanosuke Ueda against people like Jan Baba and Bruno San Martino together, or the Funks. Or the people like Harley Race and Nick Bakwang together, or you, Tiger Jit Singh and Umanosuke Ueda entering their real tag team tournament in December. All the dream cards, you know, happened, you know. Mm, they were, it was like the same uh, format, just with Ueda with him now. It was dream tag team matches. I uh, guess, yeah. But or it... against Jumbo and Tenru together, or, yeah. So uh, I think all Japan used Tiger Jit Singh and Umanosuke Ueda well and better than the New Japan used Abdur the Butcher. Mm. It, yeah. Like, like uh, you just mentioned uh, uh, Choshu when he, it was around this time when Choshu became really popular, but Abdul the Butcher was present during that whole. Uh, the, oh the initial... yeah! While Ricky Choshu was getting really like a huge superstar, the match against Fujinami, yes, Abby was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Bad News Allen, uh, Abby, and uh, you could see uh, Abdul the Butcher wasn't the center of that storyline. He was uh -uh. side character. And actually, like uh, '82, Abdul the Butcher against Hulk Hogan happened with Ooh. New Japan. That, and and yeah. that I think, and, and that was probably how Hulk Hogan still talks about it. Hmm. I, I think that was maybe the most uh, effective Abdul the Butcher was in New Japan was with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and he was hulking up, you know, that match. That's right. He the, he, the first Hulk up it began in New Japan. Don't you think? Yeah. There is a match yeah. where uh, Hogan I bleeds. I thought it was very interesting. He bleeds so much in that match. 
Yeah, and then and then there's a keep that the Abdur the butcher keep poking uh, young Hulk Hogan's forehead, right? Mm-hmm. And then just taking it, Hulk Hogan taking it, taking it, and and getting up, getting like hulking up. It's not how Hulk hulking up was born, you know. It was very interesting. Very organic yeah. uh, story too. It was very much, uh, you know, he's overcoming the big monster. And so, uh, in a way, Abdur the butcher made Hulk Hogan bigger baby face than he was. He was. That was a time that uh, Hulk Hogan was becoming really big star in Japan. You know, making a tag team with Antonio Inoki, and we have to add this one that the, I said '81, right? Hmm. Spring to summer of '81. New Japan stall Abdul the Butcher from Old Japan. Abdul hmm. the Butcher started working New Japan. Then following month. Tiger Jeet Singh uh, was stolen by, yeah, was, he signed with All Japan Pro Wrestling and then w- went to All Japan and left New Japan. And Stan Hansen, by then, actually, Stan Hansen was becoming almost bigger star than Tiger Jeet Singh with New Japan. Mm. Stan Hansen was initially brought in to New Japan year 1977, year after uh, he was brought in uh, as a, a man who broke Bruno San Martino's neck. Mm-hmm. WWF, yeah, the blonde yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was brought in as somebody who broke Living Legends' neck with his Western Lariat. Mm-hmm. Then single match program, Stan against Inoki started. They clicked the, all the good matches. And it's like I, sooner or later that the Tiger G's thing was going to either phase down or kind of pushed uh you know, down from the main event, you know, position or something. Stan Hansen was becoming big, big star. And sure enough, 79, Stan Hansen beat uh, Antonio Inoki for NWF title, you know. Mm-hmm. Count out, not the pin, but the count out, but the title switch hands. And held the title for, you know, like a couple, three months. Then Inoki beat him again. And the, the, the Inoki against Stan Hansen happened like five or six times in one year period. Then... Hulk Hogan was young. Hulk Hogan was white trunks was brought in eighty uh, one, uh, right after the initial WWF program. You know, if you remember, white trunks Hulk Hogan working WWF against like young Ted DiBiase with Fred Blassie. Of course, of course, with this cape. Yeah, mm. yeah, and and babyface Andre against heel Hulk Hogan. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Then he signed contract with New, New Japan Pro Wrestling upon Stan's departure. Mm. Stan Hansen, see, that summer, summer of '81 into '80, uh, summer of '81 into '82, New Japan start and Old Japan stole each other's talent so much that uh, Dick Murdoch moved from Old Japan to New Japan, right? And from New Japan. Chavo Guerrero, classic, Chavo Guerrero Sr. from New Japan to All Japan. And Taiga Toguchi Kim Dak from All Japan to New Japan. And there's like a few other wrestlers switch side mm-hmm. just that year alone. And that's like when Hulk Hogan became more Hulk Hogan about himself that he saw and read the situation so well that the Terry Funk was going to sign Hulk Hogan away from New Japan, then sign, you know, have him sign with Old Japan, you know, mm. just like Stan did. And Hulk Hogan said yes once. 
and decided not to. And uh, he pretty much told New Japan, basically Inoki, what the situation is. And that's when Inoki decided to make this guy a superstar and keep him, right? Mm. And then that year, tag team tournament, Hulk Hogan and Inoki you know, made a tag team together and they won the tag team tournament. And 82 on, Hulk Hogan was pretty much basically splitting his time between Minneapolis, you know, five, six months out of the year, six, seven months out of the year uh, with New Japan. That was when Hulk Hogan was on TV all the time in Japan. Mm. Babyface, yeah. That's that's the time period that the Hulk Hogan against Abdur the Butcher happened. That's right, and it really was, a, you know, the perfect introduction to that version of Hulkamania Hulk Hogan because he'd go on to have the career he'd have and a lot of his and WWF also career. spending time side by side with you know Antonio Inoki all year mm -hmm. pretty much learned how to be babyface like national hero babyface type yeah learn how to be a star I guess so and how to be uh, Antonio Inoki 24-7 how to be Hulk Hogan 24-7 kind of thing mm. Mm. interesting huh mm. but the uh, Abby did not have as much success with New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, as much as he did with All Japan. Tiger Jeet Singh, uh, uh, at the same time, Tiger Jeet Singh, he had pretty good you know, longevity with All Japan. Yeah. Then, 85, the final, the, the final, um, like a jumping over, over the fence thing, Bruiser Brody was signed with New Japan. Mm. Yeah, coming from yeah, all Japan. Then that was like considered by many Japanese fans that the that the bros really coming from New Japan, um, all Japan side to New Japan had a single match program against little aged, but the Antonio Inoki all through '85 into '86 that uh, uh, that was Bruiser Brody's peak period in Japan. Because Bruiser Brody was Stan's tag team partner, equal, but the uh, in people's eyes, like a sun and the moon, right? Mm. That uh, Stan, obviously, a bigger star or like a heel but likable, lovable star. Sure. Stan Hansen's, um, the Bruiser Brody, a little bit difficult, huh? Mm. You know? But the, he switched side and uh, challenged Antonio Inoki. That made him very special and uh, made him bigger star than he was six months before that. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, that was Brody's biggest program in Japan. Basically, uh, at, this, at the end of de de December, that uh, Bruiser Brody and his tag team partner Jimmy Snuka had, you know, had some dispute with New Japan office. They got off bullet train in the middle of the, you know, the middle of the day and taking opposite, yeah, that direction, uh, bullet train went back to Japan and switched hotel, went home next day. I ain't wow. doing it. Something happened, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, New Japan announced that they fired Bruiser Brody and Jimmy Snuka, right? Mm -hmm. At the time, they weren't using Abdur the Butcher. They, either you know still under contract but it was more like uh it became like uh what do you call that that the product not being sold but the still in stock <laughs> you know uh, overstock 
I guess, yeah, yeah. Still under, yeah, under contract technically, but not using him any longer. Excuse me. It's a little similar to like when Vader showed up in WWE. They just couldn't find, not exactly the same, but just the idea that they couldn't. uh, No program, huh? Not a program that worked. It wasn't a setting that uh, could work for Abdullah or Vader. So yeah, and in in the spring of '85, long overdue, you know that the tour when New Japan started using some you know new new main event guy like a King Kong Bundy, that long overdue Antonio Inoki against Abdullah Butcher single match finally happened, and Inoki pinned him, but it wasn't even that big of a deal anymore. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And after two years after this broad you know a Bruiser Brody incident. Um, so Inoki becomes politician, you know, in 1990, right? You know, in 89. Basically, he's not in, in, in a wrestling office. And Seiji Sakaguchi became president. So, all Japan and New Japan, you know, uh, the Sakaguchi and Giant Baba uh, was in, in, in a, like a talking stage, you know, that they could actually sit down and talk to each mm-hmm. other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, when Ricky Choshu and his guys returned from all Japan's two years, you know, uh, like, a, you see, if you remember, Ricky Choshu and his 15 guys left all Japan, uh, New Japan, Inoki, in uh, 84, and joined Giant Baba's All Japan as a Japan Pro Wrestling in the world mm. two years, right? Mm. And in 87, Ricky Choshu and, and his 10 guys decided to come back to New Japan, right? And it was going to be a court case. I mean, nobody will benefit from I mean, spending a lot of money, but nobody benefit from. And actually, Baba's okay that uh, Ricky Choshu and his guys returned to New Japan. And basically, Jan Baba washed hand with them, right? Mm. In return, Jan Baba got the Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, and Jimmy Snuka back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... That that year, that summer, Bruiser Brody, Abdul the Butcher, Jimmy Sunuka all went back to All Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. Yeah. So rest is the history. But now, see, Abdul the Butcher, you know, born 1941, and now like 81. Tiger Jit Singh, born 1944, now at 78. So these are the superstars that today's fans don't really relate to, huh? Mm. You know, but... Uh, we learn so much, not just about this in-ring product, but like a Japanese wrestling politics and who would be on top. And uh, if it wasn't for, for Abdur the Butcher and Tiger Jit Singh, that the people like Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, or, 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 or Terry Gordy, Steve Williams, Bam Bam Bigelow, Vader, Scott Norton, none of those people would be working that full-time schedule with, with Japan. Hmm. Yeah, they blazed the trail for the for the talent in the Yeah, industry. yeah. See, Japanese wrestling, you know, all these American superstars come and rotate in, you know, work tours, right? Hmm. But you will still need that the regular American who be honoring the full time schedule with New Japan, you know, that with the Japanese company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's uh, that Stan Hansen did for twenty year period, basically like a twenty five period. 81 to 2001, Stan Hansen worked all Japan 20 years, full time. Oh my gosh, right? That's like 
pretty much had a career in Japan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And Bruce Brody did too. And when Stan started working in New Japan, then then switched to All Japan 81, then then on, he pretty much decided not to work home, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, you would see A little bit, WCW a little bit. and uh, he, he was regular in Puerto Rico. He, was, he would show yeah, up. Yeah, but they, and, it's uh, only big show. Big show. Right. It, yeah. One weekend out of the year. But yeah. in general, uh, Abdul the Butcher was... Uh, and Tiger Jeet Singh to that extent. They were... Tiger Jeet Singh is like he, he has a house in Toronto, of course, you know. But uh, basically, he stopped working in Canada altogether when he signed with New Japan. And mm. he was making lots of money. Mm. And there's a famous tale about Tiger Jeet Singh. If you, it's actually true that uh, when you get off the, the, the Toronto Tron International Airport and walk through your baggage claim and to, you know, you try to grab a taxi cab, right? Mm -hmm. Tell your taxi driver, Tiger Jeet Singh's palace. They'll take you there. <laughs> so, uh uh, where, where is his palace then? Oh, in, in the Mint, uh, the Toronto, uh, the oh, in Toronto, in Toronto. Yeah, in Toronto. And everybody knows. The, every every single taxi driver knows how to get to Tiger Jeet Singh's palace. Mm -hmm. Is what I'm saying. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, he has quite a legacy in Canada too. I know that there's a there's a school named after him. Yeah, and his fourteen thousand square feet palace with golf course on it. You know. Wow, I didn't know he, he had a palace. Yeah, yeah, basically. And she is, you know, the, the, he, his documentary was, you know, made by Canadian TV many, more than once, many times, actually, like a documentary that the, this guy actually is super famous, as famous as Emperor in Japan or something like that, you know. And uh, actually, I did, you know, I answered some interview from Canadian TV, you know, talked about how big he is and the comic book thing and TV thing and uh, just all these things that he's on the cover of all the magazine and just actually that the myth and legend became even bigger than it actually was, you know? Oh, tell me about that. What was that? What are the origins from the out of the comic and, and what did people think? Or What's what Tiger Jeet Singh and his people told Canadians. Or that too. See, yeah, and also, see, un up until he started coming, Tiger Jeet Singh started coming to Japan, he was working in Toronto Territory. He was actually babyface hmm. in Canada. In Canada, he challenged Gene Kaniski's NWA title. In Toronto, he challenged Bruno San Martino for, you know, babyface, babyface title match. And he was actually like in, you know, like an Indian population hero in Toronto. But he did not want anybody to know about his babyface side of the, the work in Japan. That's his guy. Never print his babyface match in Japanese magazine. He made sure that the, he was like a, would be portrayed as a crazy guy wherever he went. That the, he was so careful about this, you know, big crazy guy image that he created in Japan that uh, he pretty much controlled, you know, what he wanted on media. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, he and had he, a he. It was a little bit different. There was a different nuance to Tiger 
Jeet Singh with his character, there was it seemed like there was more going on. It wasn't like uh, Abdul the Butcher who played psychotic. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but outside the ring, he, you know, Abdul the Butcher would sign the autograph and take photos fans, mm. you know. Yeah, was okay about it. But the Tiger GC start chasing fans at the hotel lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so he was on all the time. All the time. All the he time. He was on all the yeah. time. Or, or the start chasing photographers, start chasing reporters like us. Yeah. Did that ever uh, get out of control? Did anybody ever get injured or, or hurt during those chases? Because if you go back and watch, um, they are pretty... Not injured, but ended up breaking things at hotels and got serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a mm. press conference room or the, the ballroom or, you know, real expensive tables and the backdrop and all these things were destroyed during the, you know, press conference. Mm. Of course, office paid for it. And the New Japan, Old Japan were okay about it, but the people actually had to run because you never know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, and really, he, really he did have a weapon. And uh, yeah, you'd see. Can, yeah. You know, with Jeet Singh, he had the, the saber. With, with Abdullah, yeah. he had something in his pants, usually a fork or a pencil <laughs> or a yeah. spike. Or the, like a piece of chopsticks or something. <laughs> sure, sure. And. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, another point is that you can't talk about these two and not mention how they contributed to this development of hardcore wrestling. Yes, yes. So actually, when Abdul the Butcher finally went back to his home, Old Japan Pro Wrestling 87, he had another very basic Abdul the Butcher run. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like he had a, he had a, a new tag team partner like a TNT, in Osabio mm -hmm. Vega, mm -hmm. and then he had a, a giant Kamala 2, not the original uh, Kamala, but the Japanese version of number two giant Kamala. He was a regular partner, and he always had tag team partner in Japan, all, all, all the way to like 2005, if you remember Dark Age, but the Minoru Suzuki and Taiga J, uh, I mean, uh, Abdul the Butcher and Minoru Suzuki were tag team partner mm. once, yeah. And he had such a longevity because because of the style, Abdul the Butcher wasn't required to do a whole lot in the mm. ring. Mm. Yeah, he never you had really have to, to. I mean, mat wrestling or anything that uh, he will probably bump for you or do the karate thrust and uh, these karate moves that uh, he were able to maintain Abdul the Butcher character better than uh, the Tiger Sing, you know, Tiger Jeet Singh would. Right, right. The, the Manga nature, Korea, uh, actually. Yeah, Tiger Jeet Singh w was a more traditional wrestler at the end of the day. Yeah, and also he wanted to be more believable. Sure. Mm. Yeah, because something about Abdul the Butcher, actually, as bloody as he was, he was likable. Yeah, yeah, and he he did. I don't know when. You can tell me when did he start uh, appearing on commercials in Japan? Oh, like in early eighties, while yeah. he was big here. But outside, you know, he. I mean, like you're talking about the soda pop, you know, yeah, commercial. or like yeah, he, you know, for refrigerator or or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so he was like a, more of a celebrity type. Yeah, he he became, can be gentle. Yeah, he can be gentleman outside the ring. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of um, you know older women found him kind of like a, a cute, cute, adorable, <laughs> um, uh, lovable kind of gentle giant sort of uh, image. What they have in common though was that they dressed very nice outside the ring. That's right. Abdullah the Butcher would wear very, the very... gold rings and the gold you know belt buckles that the real expensive dress shoes hmm. never wore denim always had a dress pants on and dress shirt on remember and well, that's how it's so yeah they drew him that way in the comics too that was you know uh, those images they learned him. from the sheik right right yeah yeah and the sheik dressed the same dressed in very expensive clothes outside the mm -hmm, ring mm -hmm. or tailor-made suits mm. top and bottom yeah yeah or the tailor-made shoes yeah and uh Abdul the Butcher the same way. A lot of jewelries, you know, the rings and rings and rings and necklace and, and you know, the, the, all these things. And good-looking sunglasses, right? Mm. Oh, the and the Rolex, of course. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Taiga Jitsin is similar, too. Yeah. That mm. uh, Rolex, of course, and a lot of jewelries. Yeah. And uh, he talked about Hindu, the more religious part of it, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So uh, similar, similar in a lot of ways, but uh, very different in a lot of ways. And mm. this Abdul the Butcher, Tiger Jitsin tag team actually happened twice, two occasions. 1979, there was an all-star game, you know, that the Tokyo Sports uh, promoted all three companies, New Japan, All Japan, and IWE Kokusai. Three companies worked one night only, all-star card. The main event was... Baba Inoki tag team for the first time in eight years, you know, since like 71. And that, that happened in summer of 1979. And the main event was Baba Inoki against Abdul the Butcher and the Taiga Jit Singh. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of the, uh, the, the all-star game. Ultimate so baby faced heel combination that you could, you can get at that. Time. And Inoki pinned Taiga Jit Singh with backslide. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a perfect one, don't you think? It's perfect, yeah. It's yeah, kind of like a, at the end of the, yeah. It's a, yeah, and then get nice... up right away and start going, Wah! Of course. Yeah, we, yeah. At 3.1, they get up and start running around <laughs> like nothing happened. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it has and to be. All, uh, yeah. No, it has to be yeah, a, a right. trickery. It can't be, of course, it can't of be course. brute force. Then they, 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 then they have to leave the ring, you know, pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah. And also, Abdul the Butcher Taiga Jitsin tag team happened in late 80s in old Japan after Abby came back. But uh, they weren't happy with each other, you know, because they don't compliment each other. Who's right. going to be on the focal point, right? Hmm. So Baba decided to put them together as a team, one tour, almost like an experiment, but they didn't really do it again. So that means John Baba decided not to, huh? Hmm. Seems like it. Yeah, the Tiger Jitsin should have his own tag team partner, like a less of a partner, and Abdul the Butcher should have his own, I mean, new tag team partner, like a less guys, right? right? Mm. Almost less of a star. And they didn't really touch each other after that. Mm. But pretty soon, Tiger Jitsin will be working for another company. You know, this is like your Stan Hansen, Terry Gordy, Steve Williams, you know, Dance Five, all these, you know, generation after uh, the guys in 90s era that uh, it was time for Taiga Jit Singh and Abdul the Butcher would be, you know, to be working someplace else. 
like Big Japan Pro Wrestling or Tokyo Pro Wrestling or IWA Japan or it's just all these smaller independent but Tokyo still Pro Wrestling the Tokyo second Pro version Wrestling. yeah right by Ishikawa right hmm. that uh, those the, that the newer company who could still be using Abdul the Butcher or Tiger G Singh on main event you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah and they, they have the same match event. Same yeah, match every time. There's nobody who could beat them. In That's that, right. And there's nobody the else that can do those matches. I mean, it's it's what the fans want to go to see. They want to see the whole full Abdul the Butcher, the full Tiger Jeet Singh experience. Yeah, but, and then uh, something like Tiger Jeet Singh against Onita at the Yokohama Stadium or something. Still sure. Stadium show. That was Remember? a little, yeah, fast forward into the 90s. Old, yeah. it kind of like yeah. at the end of Tiger Jeet Singh's career. Yeah, but still... Dignified Tiger Jeet Singh on you know in, in the main event status, mm-hmm. taken seriously. Abdul, yeah, and then Abdul the Butcher started working, you know, taking booking f- with these big, you know, the s- smaller independent, you know, and then uh, still be, you know, main eventing, and also he started selling his fork. At, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. yeah, he went to like a hundred, you know, hundred like your one dollar store, like a hundred yen shop. Sure. Yeah, buy like dozens and dozens of fork and put the taping on it and then sign the autograph on it. And all of a sudden, he's, he's a, that's your merchandise. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So he was working in the ring. Abdul the Butcher, I'm talking about. He was working in the ring up until spring of 2019. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went to his retirement show. Yeah, I remember that. That was a big deal. That was like a special on uh, on TV. Yeah, Valley was there too. Yeah, it was a great time. The Mill Maskers and those guys worked, and Dory Funk Jr. was there. Original Tiger Mask, the Sayama was there. Inoki showed up, but he did not get in the ring That's because right. it was all Japan ring. Mm. <laughs> it just legacy remains, you know. But. They were in in the photograph together, you know. The, all these, I mean, real big legends. Mm-hmm. Up to the butcher's retirement night, and uh, it was an all legend card kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they, the, the Tiger Jason does too, but Up to the butcher looked like Up the butcher until the day he retired. Yeah. Little skinnier, but he looked still like what Up the butcher should look like. And uh, they made a special kimono for him for that retirement ceremony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Custom, yeah. extra no, large size. No, no kimono in Japan would fit him. Yeah, it looked pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Tiger Jitsu hasn't done a, done a um, retirement in a ceremony in Japan just yet. But the, he was, he got more political that the, he had a business card from that the United Nation. I don't know what his role was, but he was handing his business card like uh, he was part of the United Nation. Yeah. He also, I, I believe, he had a restaurant in Osaka, a curry uh, the restaurant. In, in, yeah, in, in yeah, some, yeah, it was not his restaurant, but let some his friend use his name. India restaurant, yeah. Oh, over oh, over the decades, Abdul the Butcher, both Abdul the Butcher and Tiger G Singh made friends outside of wrestling. Mm. Yeah, business people or investor, real estate people 
or bar business, restaurant business people, yeah, they made a lot of friends in Japan. Basically, 70s and 80s and 90s and, you know, 2000 into 2010s, into 2020, yeah. If it wasn't for pandemic, they would have been here. Sure. Yeah. Oh, as a matter of fact, Stan Hansen was here this last week. He just left a couple of days ago. Yeah. It was the first time in three years. He, he was, was going to come TV back. a lot. Yeah, because he is Stan Hansen, kind of gray and a white mustache and everything, but you still look like Stan Hansen. And mm -hmm. he pitched first pitch at the baseball game, too. Yeah, Hanshin Tigers. Yeah, yeah. And also, the, the entire week, he did either photo, you know, or signing party or the talk show thing or uh, just, you know, take picture with Stan Hansen, I think. And he just, uh, the whole schedule, you know, the, the whole week, he had, had something scheduled all week. And he had a cowboy hat on. He had a Western, you know, Western shirt on. He still talks like Stan Hansen. He looked like Stan Hansen, and people loved him. Mm. Really, same cowboy hat, same smile. Of course, same smile, and uh, this special jock he has, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and uh, Longhorn youth, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, I, 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 I'm hoping that the Blue the Butcher and Tiger G Singh would make tour like that, you know. And the Tigers just might be gentlemen this time. <laughs> you know, I, with Abdul the Butcher, I'm not aware of his health condition right now. I know. Right, right. He, he well, I don't know if he was in perfect health. Um, I know he did have to be uh, in a wheelchair at the retirement ceremony. Mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. But. Um, no, because of back and knees, too. Yeah. I mean, he um, had a lot of weight on him. Yeah. And, and right before he retired, there was also a big. Um, there was a lawsuit that, sure that he dealt with uh, about uh, supposedly the it was proved well, i guess it was proven in court that he gave a wrestler a hepatitis c hepatitis c which was bloody bloody match yeah, knowing it yeah and i mean uh he bled a lot a lot a lot throughout Mom, the years. that's what he did for 40 50 years yeah. and uh and also there was a uh, the thing that uh, he, people would uh gather cash was this you know that the crowdfunding mm -hmm. you know to to help him you know i don't know what happened exactly after that but the people were trying to put together this crowdfund yeah mm -hmm. yeah it was, it was maybe four or five years ago um yeah yeah oh you know we should also mention that uh, abdul the butcher's kind of protege in Japan, Abdullah Kobayashi. Of course, Japanese person with Abdullah name on him, mm -hmm. but they uh, work like him and dress like him. Wrestles the same way. A, yeah, wrestles the same way and uh, has a similar forehead. <laughs> yeah, scarred yeah. up and... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, he's actually scheduled to be in the United States soon uh, for an indie company I just saw. Ah, okay, okay, very good. Yeah. Abdullah Kobayashi, yes. Yes. Yeah. Part hardcore wrestler, part uh, parody wrestler. Sure, sure. Oh, because it, it's you, you have to know Abdul the Butcher to understand Abdul the Kobayashi, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but there Hope was a time in Big Japan mid '90s when they were working together. When mm -hmm. were, uh, especially Kobayashi was much smaller, but yeah, it was like a mini version of Abdul the Butcher. Right. Right. And it's good to have, you know, you know, like a kind of like a, you know, Beatles copy bands or the the the, the 
you know, at the live house, you see that only, you know, a band that only plays Stones or something, and you know, mm-hmm. and uh, some wrestler should be doing honoring the role that uh, somebody should be working like Abdullah. And there was a wrestler in Mexico who is no longer with us, Abdullah Tamba, that mm-hmm. uh, who works just like Abdullah the Butcher. And there was like a great martial ball guy in Japan, or in Japan that the Tor Kamata wrestled much, a lot like. Uh, Abdul the Butcher, and uh, this is a style made, you know, after him. Yeah. And, um, gee, I mean, I'm th- trying to think of other top. I mean, we didn't talk about his time in, you know, he had a famous feud with Carlos Colon, and he was in WCW and some infamous moments yeah that uh, the halloween havoc that uh, yeah. electrified and all these yeah things. he was electrocuted he yeah he did have atlanta run that the uh, wcw run that the puerto rico run at the short but awa run uh of course dallas uh dallas fritz von erica i'm talking about that the mm-hmm. world class that uh, Abdul the Butcher against Bruce Brody program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did work a lot in America, but he never took full-time schedule on the road. Mm-mm. He worked American schedules between Japan tour. That's what he was doing all through 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, and that was an option then. Never, huh? Oh. Uh, yeah, because all, after end uh, of the 80s into 90s, it's either you work WWE or WCW, you know, yes. and then they give you, they, most wrestlers want to sign a full-time contract, only want to work major league, I mean, big company, right? Then you, I mean, those two companies paid American wrestlers more than, than any territory, you know, company did. So mm. people were... Yeah, they were wanting to sign an exclusive contract, full-time contract with insurance and bonus, signing bonus and, and a whole bit. You know, that uh, wrestling became a different business after WWE and WCW. Hmm. And, and, and also, world... yeah, that, that oh. Abdullah the Butcher wouldn't fit in that, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, wor- the world outside of wrestling was changing too. I mean, um, just from... The... The, the ca- cable companies and well, cable companies, but also economics. I mean, thinking about how strong the yen was from the way back and, when. Oh yeah, it kept getting str- so uh, that option opened up a whole new uh, uh, lane for wrestlers to to go over and make great money compared to the rest of the world. But that changed too when the bubble burst. Right, you'll be making yeah, because. Uh, in 1970s and 1980s money, people like Stan Hansen, uh, Abdul the Butcher, uh, Tiger Jit Singh, of course, they were making like a three or four hundred thousand just from Japan a year. Mm. And that's without uh, the conversion. Not even full time. You know, that, huh? that's that's 1970s a currency rate too. I can't imagine right, right. what it is. And it's probably, you know, double that now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, none of the company, even the Crockett or or before 1984 version of WWE, weren't paying that much, you know. But the scale, the economic, you know, economic scale and the the the, the money figure in the economy changed too. But the that the whole paying structure in America, like Vince McMahon structure, that's right it, too. It really changed, yeah. And there was no such thing as March money then. Right. That was yeah money that would go to the company yeah or 
trademark ring names that they own your name, you know, trademark here, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. None of those happened before Vince McMahon's idea. And uh, I mean, many the decades and decades after the Butch and Tiger Jeet scene, you know, was in the ring professionally, those two never worked for Vince McMahon. Interesting, huh? Pretty, uh, it's pretty unprecedented. Uh, looking back, you can probably count on your fingers uh, the wrestlers who were so popular who didn't run through WWF at one time. Um, yeah, Abdul he, the Butcher. Yeah, Abdul is... the, uh, the Tiger Jason did make a couple appearances when Anthony Inoki was working, you know, this you know, special appearance at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. You know, like end of the year, you know, he did the. Iron Sheik. Uh, you know, be working somebody like that. And the Tiger Jason shows up in the ringside and leaves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that part of Japan TV. Yeah. Japanese television. But never really had program or matches or schedules with WWF. Right. Yeah. There was, I don't know uh, if you remember Tiger Ali Singh. From his son. The, his, uh, his story son. Yeah, not, not real. Not his real son, but. um. No, no, real son. Is it was it his real son? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I thought it was just a, a storyline for um uh-huh, during the nineties. Uh, real yeah. son, but he what got his uh, he he hurt his neck and mm. kind of retired early. Yeah, he Tiger kinda, Ali Singh. Tiger Ali Singh. He kind of had like a million yeah. dollar man gimmick. Yeah, that's his real son. I didn't know Mickey. that. I thought I thought it was yeah. um I thought it was work. Ah uh, no, that's his real son. Yeah. Uh, Mickey, his name is. Now hmm. he's, I think, manager of his his dad. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. And Tiger Jeet Singh is based in Toronto still. I think so. Yeah, and he's a businessman and also uh, some kind of ambassador for uh, like uh, Goodwill or the Children's Hospital, hmm. or some sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of non-profit uh, charity uh, kind of yeah, activity. The, then very baby face outside ring. Very much and total also opposite. he's known in Toronto that the, a man who became millionaire, billionaire in Japan. That's his story. Mm. I'm not sure about the billionaire though, but the, uh, the story is, yeah. Mm. To very, very interesting career, huh? Very interesting career, very influential characters. And yeah. I can't. I can't uh, state enough how big of a star someone like Abdul the Butcher is, uh, it, just to people it, who don't watch wrestling. Yeah, yeah, like it, people, maybe not people uh, under thirty, this generation, but uh, under I mean, thirty. Oh, it's impossible, right? I, I, I have to but, be over almost over fifty to even remember them in prime. Yeah, but if you do bring up pro wrestling to people. A lot of people. That's the first wrestler they mention. Is oh, in Japan. The, yeah. Oh, of course. The butcher course. or Stan Hansen. Oh, Tiger Jeet Singh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then but, um, under the giant Hulk Hogan. Oh, probably Brody, of course. But mm-hmm. that's run that. Yeah. Yeah. The, these two were were mega mega stars. Yeah. But, um, yeah. A unique and way. Pretty much overlooked in English speaking world today. Yeah, because their legacy was outside of the United States. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but now that uh, by knowing their legacy and learning about them, that would help understand Japanese wrestling a little bit better. 
I think so. And with yeah. today's technology, you can hop on your phone and within five seconds pull up some of this footage on YouTube. We're on YouTube? No, it's a lot of them in there. And also New Japan World. You know, the today's sure. New Japan audience, New Japan World, we should call it. They don't go back and watch legendary matches. It's in there, though. I mean, if you're going to watch one on New Japan World, I'd recommend the the Hogan match. I mean, that's an important match in Hogan's career. Hogan against too. Hogan against Abby. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good one. But Inoki against Tiger G Singh, any of them, like a five yes. or six, six of them in there. But uh, the early one, see, I remember like Tiger G Singh green tight green trunks and Inoki black tights, and Tiger G Singh red trunks, Inoki black trunks, hmm. Tiger G Singh yellow trunks. <laughs> Inoki black trunks mm. and Tiger G's in black trunks, the trunks black and black. This is gonna, I, I had to remember that was Tiger G's tights color <laughs> mm. and probably watch 30 other matches too, mm. you know, just on TV, <laughs> you know, not the one I watched live, you know, right? So many times, so many times, and I think the matches were similar. So, like we said, Ric Flair against Dusty Rose or something around Horn, the matches were similar, I'm pretty sure, you know, if not the same, you know? Mm. And and there's also that fact that I don't know how anybody could replicate. I can't imagine what it felt like to be chased by these guys. Um, <laughs> and you could pull it up on you could pull it up on YouTube. You can watch yeah. the way people reacted to Abdul the Butcher and Tiger Jeet yeah. Singh. Oh, plus we cannot you know forget this fact that the see, Japanese market always needed full time schedule American superstar all the way to your Vader, the Scott Norton, the Terry Gordy, the uh, to somebody like Joe Doring. Today, that's why Jay White. And Will Ospreay are important. Hmm. It was their path. They were the first to kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, structure a deal like that for a foreigner, a way for foreign wrestlers to work on a almost full-time schedule. Yeah, and then the Jay White wouldn't work anywhere else. He makes an appearance at AEW or other companies outside Japan. That's always special appearance for television purpose. And you always worked, think of him as a New Japan guy. See, see, so that's that's the 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 business model that the Abdul the Butcher, Tiger Jeet Singh, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, pretty much created. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that interesting? It, it's interesting, and there's two guys that um, you can study up on and learn a lot from just by yeah. watching what and reading about these two, and just looking at the pictures. I mean, somebody like Abdul the Butcher <laughs> is somebody who's uh photos in the magazines back in the day they're so vivid this you remember oh, the back then so bloody so graphic yeah. and a yeah. lot of those images would stay in your head um i guess so yeah he was very photogenic well as a kid to be honest with you they weren't my favorite but they were always on tv you had to watch them <laughs> they were a big part of it whether you liked it yeah. or not they were kind of a right. force well, always was always in japan yes and Good i imagine stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but for some people, I'm sure at a big show that some people in the crowd, that may be the first time that they'd ever seen a foreign person that wasn't Japanese. That could be their first time seeing somebody 
from overseas and it happened to be somebody like Abdulhuda yeah, Butcher not or white Ty person with blonde hair. These two are ambiguous. Mm. You know, and you, you know, could see people's faces, mm. but they're not really like a white, you know, blonde hair wrestler like somebody no. like Dick Murdoch. You know. Uh, more it's exotic, India, the, yeah. Guy from India, well, the Canadian, but he's from India. In the and, story, and yeah. Also from Ontario, Canada, Abdul the Butcher, but they were saying he's from Sudan. <laughs> the madman yeah. from Sudan. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you, they were ethnically ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's more of your, almost like your comic book character. Yeah, and uh, as a fan, you had to use your imagination a little bit too. Yeah, well, I didn't even know they spoke English, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. What language he would be speaking? Either yeah. India or Sudan or yeah, not English. You know. The element of mystery and um, of course, and uh, like kind of excitement. Just you don't know what is going to happen, and those two brought that flavor. Yeah, then they, wrestling. Antonio Inoki and Giant Baba made best usage of this, you know, the whole character, because they were the ultimate babyface. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yeah. It was like watching Godzilla versus uh, one of the Ultraman. Or Ultraman, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was the, the, the booking, that was the kind of, the, I guess you call it the psychology at the time. Yeah, and, and, and the university understandable. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> right? David yeah. and Goliath kind of thinking. Sure. And that's over and over and over all year long. Hmm. Yeah. Easy to understand. Then again, I never got sick of it. You know, I was watching every week. <laughs> and it ages in a very interesting way, watching it in 2022 and with more knowledge of, of how pro wrestling works and how, how much wrestling is sure. available. You can really see how different they performed they brought something yeah there's no inoki, well, inoki seldom get pinned right right and taiga right. jitsing seldom got pinned how did they do that for 10 years <laughs> and they weren't doing anything uh flashy or um it's not like today's wrestling which has definitely there's an athletic element to it much more so than back then but it wasn't about that it was about the um the characters and the notion of yeah, I remember I Inoki passing out from the, the cobra claw thing, and mm. his foam come out of his mouth, and Inoki passing out. He wasn't beat, but he got passed out. You know, he passed out or something. Dramatic, very dramatic. <laughs> something, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they added out a lot of drama. So they were pretty creative about it then. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. So that I, I think that's a, a great two for one episode we got two legends in one episode. you had to have both taigajit singh and abdul the butcher pretty much together on one episode to have a better understanding mm -hmm. you know after the 80s and 90s they definitely had uh, separate paths but um in the 70s and 80s especially those two uh they were kind of a, yeah like a two main character from two, two different major league you know and exactly. two different channel exactly. but the, all at the same time you know mm -hmm. and uh, it was big deal if they cross path you know? mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. they did at, you know uh, after a decade or so yeah mm -hmm. all right so if anybody out there is <laughs> listening that has like, still has questions about tiger jeet singh or abdul the butcher abdul or the butcher like that, yeah 
where can we find you, Fumi-san? Uh, on Twitter, at Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihiko Dayo, or just face, uh, Fumi Saito on Facebook. And on Twitter, I'm at Justin M. Nipper, K-N-I-P-P-E-R. That's it for this week. Until next time, Fumi, take it away. So long from Tokyo. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.